0: Chapter Twenty Three of Stories of the Victoria Cross by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Battle of Abu Klea. Early in 1885, the Madi and his followers besieged General Gordon in Khartoum, a town at the junction of the White Nile and the Blue Nile, to relieve the garrison a force of fifteen hundred men under sir herbert stewart was ordered to march across the Bayuda desert some idea of the perilous nature of the undertaking may be had from the fact that when this flying column as it was called left courtie the natives declared that it would never be heard of again the difficulties of the march were well known to the general but he felt sure that all obstacles could be overcome by the courage and endurance of his men there were wells along the line of march so that he had little fear of the troops perishing of thirst at length all were ready to start each man's water bottle was filled and with a final warning to use the precious liquid sparingly the column set out what the troops endured on that march will never be written for no language can describe their terrible sufferings heedless of the last warning their officers gave them before starting many of the men drank freely of their little store of water thinking that a fresh supply would soon be obtained but the wells along the line of march were dried up the arabs having destroyed the springs and so the men had to toil on half mad with thirst at length after a march of eighty miles water was reached but such water in any other place and under any other circumstances not one of the men would have given it to a dog but then it was a treasure of priceless worth the orders were that the fighting men were to be supplied first and held back at the point of the bayonet the wretched camp-followers camel-drivers and others frantically tore up the warm sand with their hands in the hope that a little water might collect therein, and when it did so they stooped and lapped it up like thirsty dogs. The troops profited by the lesson thus learned, and were more careful in future. After a trying march of nearly two hundred miles, the column approached the wells at Habuklee, were disappointed to learn that the enemy held them in great force it was then evening and so the wearied and thirsty soldiers had to wait till daybreak and victory should enable them to quench their burning thirst there was little sleep for the british that night for the enemy kept up a continuous fire and thrice the men were called to arms as an attack was expected the arabs had chosen their battleground well what seemed likelier to happen than that the soldiers wearied with excessive marches tropical heat parching thirst and repeated disappointments would fall an easy prey to their superior numbers breakfast was served early next morning and shortly afterwards the rebels opened fire then the column formed a hollow square and advanced to seize the wells our progress was like that of some huge machine slow regular and compact despite the hail of bullets pouring in from front right and left and ultimately from the rear altogether there were perhaps from ten to twelve thousand arabs gathered to oppose us they swarmed upon our front and for two or three miles on either side groups of their horsemen and spearmen could be seen watching us from the rocky peaks there was no avenue of retreat it was now to do or die the enemy made repeated charges with even greater fury than they displayed at el teb but they were unable to break through the line of glistening bayonets then they gathered together for a final onset with uplifted swords and spears ready poised they swept down on a corner of the square like a tempest and by sheer weight of numbers succeeded in breaking through then for a few minutes there was a scene of terrible confusion colonel burnaby of the guards was wounded in the throat by a spear thrust and knocked out of the saddle as he tumbled to the ground six arabs sprang upon him with the blood rushing in streams from his gashed throat the famous guardsman leapt to his feet and slashed at the ferocious group with all the might of his enormous strength they were the wild strokes of a proud brave man dying hard and he was quickly overborne and left helpless and dying it was an awful scene death and havoc reigned supreme general stewart's horse was shot under him and he narrowly escaped death from the arab spears many of the wounded lying helpless in the litters were stabbed to death by the merciless foe who rent the air with hoarse yells as they rushed about thirsting for blood even the beasts of burden did not escape their murderous fury for a time the fate of the whole expedition trembled in the balance but in the end discipline prevailed the soldiers rallied and after desperate exertions once more formed the square the enemy sullenly retired leaving the ground strewn with their dead their weapons and their banners fifteen minutes after the breaking of the square not a single living arab was to be seen standing within range of our rifles the soldiers cheered and cheered till they were hoarse over their dearly won victory during the hand-to-hand struggle lieutenant guthrie of the royal artillery was struck to the ground badly wounded over him bent a dusky warrior about to plunge his spear into his breast. A second more and the blow would fall. Suddenly the Arab threw up his arms and fell lifeless. Gunner Smith had observed his officer's peril and seizing a handspike from his gun he rushed out just in time to save him from the Arab's spear. Though the enemy swarmed on every side, the gallant gunner kept his post over the body of his officer till the square was reformed and help arrived guthrie's wounds proved fatal but gunner smith lived to receive and wear the victoria cross end of chapter twenty three